You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Into the straight, Glenlady Chief in front. Coming after him is Jumping Jack Mack. Diego down to the tab touch sprint lane. Glenlady Chief is tackled by Diego and Jumping Jack Mack, the two stable mates. Diego, Jumping Jack Mack, Diego, Jumping Jack Mack, Diego, back to back. From Jumping Jack Mack, I think Patronus Star got third. That was the race that Ernie Manning just made reference to a moment ago. Diego started $7, Jumping Jack Mack at $7.50 chance. The unplaced favourite um, was uh, Glen Liddy Chief, um, $2.35. Uh, that is Pinjara Cup Group 3 race. Chris Barsby, good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Now, that's interesting, that race, because as we know, Diego, he's got a slot in the upcoming feature over there next month. Gary Hall Sr. is now bewildered why Jumping Jack Mack hasn't attracted any interest whatsoever for slot holders to sort of pick him for that race. And it was interesting. So um, Madison Brown drove Diego, which is quite normal. And Stewie Mack's now the regular driver of Jumping Jack Mack. Gary Hall Jr., who normally has the pick of all drives, he uh, ended up driving favourite there for Team Bonds, unplaced, and he led and had every chance. So... It's going to be interesting to see how they sort of finalise those last couple of spots for that slot race uh, next month over there at Gloucester Park. Chris, tell me about this race in New Zealand when your faves are stepping out on the weekend. Yeah, this is going to be a great little race, this one. The Founders' Cup we're talking about at Auckland on Friday night. So as it stands, uh, Barry and Mark Purden are in Brisbane right now, but obviously Mark's going to head back home because he's down to drive. Uh, Akuto, or maybe Brent Mangos will take the drive because he drove him in the trial last week. But yeah, Mangos has just fa- been paid up while down at the moment on Akuta and okay. Morris McKendry copy that field of six. Yeah, well, this is the Founders' Cup, a race over 1,700 metres. So this is going to be a good start point. Both of these horses, Akuta copy that, pushing towards the, uh, the, the slot race coming up there next month at Cambridge, the race as they call it. So... They clashed in a workout last week at Pukekohe. Brent Mangos drove a cooter in that workout. Downing copied that. They went to the line together. Good last half, as you would expect. So this is going to be a good race. This is his first start as a, a four-year-old officially at Cooter. Uh, they've got a couple of races coming up. They've got this race Friday night. There's another race at Auckland. And then they'll go into that uh, slot race third up. So thereafter, is there a possibility he comes to Queensland? Time will tell. Copy, that's likely to come to Queensland again. We've seen him here previously. Connections are keen to come back. So good race coming through on uh, on Friday night from Auckland. There's a good race also later today uh, in the South Island, Steve, at Omaru. There's a horse in there unbeaten. His name's Ahoka Connor. He's two for two, part of Stonewall Studs' operation. He's lining up in a heat of the Southern Supremacy, which is a time-honoured feature down in the South Island. Uh, he's a half-brother to Brave U Kelly, the recent Ladyship Mile or Queen Elizabeth winner. Went around in last week's Miracle Mile. He's got a motor, this guy. Maybe, maybe he could be a chance for some of our uh, Winter Carnival features as well. Time will tell, but uh, he's a pretty smart horse, that guy, Ahoka Connor. Yeah, I'll be watching him then today. He's race eight, number five. Johnny Cox, uh, the driver. Steve and Amanda Telfer and Hayden Cullen involved in the trading there, Chris. Ahoka Connor. Yeah. Okay. That's him.
All right. Well, Nathan, oh, by the way, I bet you Lancelot Romack, I know you thought he'd run well, and he did, and he was beaten in a blanket finish. And I love how he levels out his races, Chris. He, he puts the head down, doesn't he, the old bloke, and tries. And, and 500 starts not too far away. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, At the top... Well, no, no, he's pushing towards 500, right. so he's only got a few more to go. So um, no, he, he sort of gave you that hope at the top of the line that he was, you know, going to win that race. And uh, Brave you, Kelly was able to, uh, Brave you, Kelly, uh, Brave you, fellow was able to come off his back and just get him down in the last bit. And he ended up running a, a narrow third. So uh, they're on again next week, as they keep saying. So he'll start again. And as I said yesterday, he'll bring up 500 starts before the end of this month, which is something that we're going to ask Darren Clayton about. I've got a heap of topics I want to ask Darren about later when he joins us, but uh, I won't be shocked if he uh, brings up 500 by the end of this month, which would be some sort of record. Yeah, I think Darren's still working on how many kilometres he's, he's run in those <laughs> races and those starts. Uh, Nathan Dawson with us. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. You've driven the old guy, haven't you, Lancelot Bromack? Yeah, I've had a few drives on him. Um, I don't know if I've had a lot of success on him, but I've had a few drives, yeah. He puts in, doesn't he? He does, yeah. That's, that's his probably best asset. Um, yeah, as he's getting older now, his speed's probably not quite there, but he tries his heart out. And Nathan, when you were driving him, did he do the same, the head going down really low, the head carriage? Yeah, he's kind of always done that. Um, that's just his trade. Um, he gets his head down and, you know, tries to go as quick as he can. Does he steer himself now that he's approaching 500 starts? He'd know his way around a racetrack. Do you have to sort of, you know, steer him or he just steers himself? Uh, he knows to go. Um, if you drove him in the warm-up, you think, how's this horse been around 500 times? <laughs> but once you get to the race, he knows it's uh, time. Okay. I wanted to talk to you this morning at length this morning, Nathan, because as it stands right now, you are the number one driver, not only in your home state of Queensland, but in the country. You've got 68 wins against your name. It's been a, a lightning-fast start for 2023. You're, I think, 23 wins clear of your nearest rival, which is young James Herbinson, a guy that we'll probably see and hear a lot more of later this year in Queensland. But he's made uh, you know good inroads in the last probably two weeks. But are you surprised with the way you've started 2023? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, you always hope to have a good start. Um... But I've had plenty of luck and, you know, a lot of drives. So that's always, you know, a big help in getting the winners up. Last year, 2022, you ended up with 235 victories for the year. You finished third overall in the national title behind Pete McMullen, Gary Hall Jr. So it's great company. 2021, you were the runner-up behind Pete McMullen. You had 238 winners for the year. Is this the year for you? Is this something that you're focused on? Do you want to take that national title? Yeah, I do. Um, more so the goal this year is I'd like to drive 300 winners. Uh, you know, I've been chasing it the last couple of seasons and I've fallen short, you know, but this year I've had a good start and, um, you know, hopefully you know, I don't have to sit on the sideline and I can try and get the 300. Well, that was the other question I wanted to ask. Uh, two years ago, Pete McMullen, when he won that national title, beating you, he had 315. Therefore, he set a new Queensland record. C can you break 315 wins? Uh, I'd like to think I can, but we're a long way away from that. Uh, yeah, you just take each drive as it comes. But um, yeah, the aim this year is to try and crack 300. Well, just looking at the numbers in recent times, so... Last year, 235, 238, and then you had uh, close to 200 in that sort of 
abbreviated season when it was 2019, 2020. So your numbers have been very, very strong over the last couple of years. So what's been the biggest change for you as a driver in that period? Um, I think like opportunity, you know, and getting more drives, um, especially on probably a bit, you know, better quality horses. So um, that's probably the main success. And, you know, everyone's probably in the same boat. Okay. What about the form? Is that something that you focus on more so nowadays compared to a few years ago? Uh, I wouldn't say a lot, no. I, you, know, you know, go around every you know race nearly, you, you know, each horse, uh, you know, you, you try to drive yours to how it suits it. It's probably more the motto I'm aiming at this year. Okay. And you are going to all tracks. Just recently, you went to the Kilcoy grass meeting. Was that your first time at Kilcoy that day? Yeah, it was. That was the first time there. Uh, I've driven at Warwick um, a couple of times, but no, that was the first time at Kilcoy. So how did you find it up there on the grass? Yeah, I don't mind it, actually. Um, yeah, it's quite a big track, and you know, it's, it's probably a little bit fairer than Marburg um, in some sense. So, you know, you got the nice big track, so it's not really up front dictated, so I didn't mind it at all. Okay, just for our listening, is it a smooth ride on the grass in comparison to the to the dirt tracks that we traditionally race on? No, not really. Um, it's quite rough, and you know you got the crossing that you bounce over a little. But you know when you're rolling along, it, it's not that bad. You don't really notice it. Okay, so that confirms then that uh, by going to Kilcoy, that you're keen to to win that national title and hopefully break the record of 315 because you're prepared to go to each and every track in Queensland. Yeah, that's right. You know, I'm trying to get, make the effort to go to every track and, you know, every race meeting. So it's a lot of work. Um, it's tiring work, but, you know, it's what you got to do to succeed. It's a big year this year in Queensland because we've got that uh, pumped-up Constellations, the big winter carnival in July. There's a lot of... Uh, good races, good money races up for grabs. And then at the end of the year, we've got the end of Dominion as well. So is that something also that you want to focus on? You want to be, you know, a a, a big player in both of those carnivals? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, in recent times, um, I probably have been in the races, but, you know, making the fields up, uh, well, I'm hoping this year, you know, I might get an opportunity to be, you know, one of the better ones going into it and competing for the win. Um, yeah, it's good to be in it, but, you know, you want to want to be trying to win them as well. All right. Just on the current drivers, Colony, how do you rate it here in Brisbane right now? Yeah, it's strong. Um, you know, you're going to be in your game all the time, and, you know, I think we've got just as good a drivers here as anywhere. Mm. And what about competing against some of those interstate guys that you have done recently? You were in Sydney uh, only a couple of weeks ago, uh, trying to qualify Teddy for the uh, the Chariots of Fire down there. How do you find it being down there and competing against some of those real big-name drivers that we see day in, day out? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's good to get down there and compete against, um, you know, different drivers and also drive on different tracks. But, um, yeah, it's good to see how you, you stack up and, you know, hopefully um, do myself proud. Right. Well, just recently, we spoke with Jack Kelligan. We spoke with Cam Hart. Both of those young guys have got aspirations about going to North America. Is that something that you've considered uh, or are you content to, to remain here in the Sunshine State? No, not really. I'd, I'd rather be, you know, a big fish in a little pond than a little fish in a big pond. Uh, 
that's probably my aim. Um, I'm not really too keen to go to America at this stage, but you know, later on in life, you don't know what will happen. What's the biggest race that you want to win? What's the, the race on the calendar that Nathan Dawson wants to win most? Yeah, I'd say, you know, in a Dominion or America Mile, um, you know, when you think about big races for us drivers, you know, they're probably the ones that are at the top of the list. So, you know, if I could even just get into the Dominion, it would be a great thrill. But, um, you know, if I could compete, you know, it would be even better. Okay. So, 68 wins as it stands right now. So, by July 1, where would you like to be sort of sitting numbers-wise? Well, I'm trying to aim this um, season, you know, trying a number of days, trying to keep, you know, number of winners. So I'm not too far off the mark, um, but if I follow that, um, you know, it should give me a bit of a leeway either way. All right. Well, you're in super form. There's no doubt about it. Naturally, tonight at Redcliffe, we've got 10 races. I think you're in most, if not all races. You might have one race off tonight. So you're in demand. I'll go through them race by race. You tell me what you think. Race one, number seven, Rubini, inside of the second row. Needs that little bit of luck? Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, I think on his day, he's not a bad horse, but he probably hasn't really shown it yet. Um, uh, it's probably a bit better draw for him this week. Okay. Race two, horse one, teacher's pet. Good gauge speed, suited by this trip. Uh, can she go all the way? Yeah, I think so. She's in good form at the moment, and she has a nice barrier over her suited trips. So she's probably a more confident drives tonight. Okay. Is the main danger on your back there with Blackjack Bet drawn seven? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's probably going to get the good trip on us. And, you know, most times teachers pet lead. She cops a bit of pressure. So if we cop that again, um, you know, it's probably the danger. All right. Race three again. You've got the ace here with East Pro Tech. You were with this guy when he was able to score last time out. Can he repeat and go back to back? Yeah, it's probably his ideal draw. Um, how genuine is, um, you know, I don't really think he is uh, genuine, but, you know, he's got the draw. Hopefully he can dictate some terms and be too strong in the finish. All right. A couple of good draws there. Now you've got a couple of tough ones. Race four, you've got gate six outside of the front row. True grit shadow. He's going okay, this guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's going good. Um, probably the best he's gone since arriving in Queensland. Um, you know, his last couple have been good. Um, you know, it's just a shame about the draw, though. Right. Race five, you've got same gate again, gate six, tactfully miracle. You know this mare well. Um, is the draw the, the sticking point here? Yeah, it is. You know, her goes from, you know, in close and using that gate speed, she has to find a handy spot. So being out there, she's not one to make her own luck. So it's going to be a bit tough for her tonight. Okay. Race six, you're driving uh, the wonderfully named Gotta Love a Sunday, Sarah. She's probably struggling for form at the moment. So can he show up in this race tonight? Yeah, last week he was a lot better. Um, he found the line good and run some good sectionals for what he is. Um, so if he gets the right trip, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up. All right. What about in race seven, driving number two, always be a talk for dual code Lions and see uh, Lockie Manzelman. Uh, first up fifth, uh, expectations to be a bit sharper tonight? Yeah, you'd expect it to approve. Um, you know, it's got a decent barrier there, so... You know, if it can get a bit of luck on its way and a nice trip, um, it shouldn't be too far away in that field. Righto. Race eight, you've got off. So race nine, you, you're drawing the second line here with She's Feeling Special. Uh, looks fairly open this race. So at her best, is she going to be competitive? 
Yeah, her best. She'll be competitive. Um, yeah, she doesn't always give 100%, but, you know, if she does get the right trip, um, she won't be too far away. All right. And the final race, Le Saffron, he's going really well, placed his last three, so he looks like he's going to be right in the thick of things here. Yeah, he does. He's going well. Um, he's got a pretty nice draw as well, so and not a big field, so he's probably another one of the better drives I'm looking forward to tonight. All right, a busy night coming up for you. And just on, on the tracks, um, Albion Park, Redcliffe, Marburg, primarily our big three here in Queensland. What is it with you and, and Redcliffe, though? You, you just seem to absolutely fly around this track. You drive it so well. What is it about Redcliffe that you enjoy? Uh, I'm not really sure. You know, it's just a nice track, and you know, you kind of got to drive a bit smarter around there. You, if you're getting too wide on the track, you, you're going nowhere, so... For a bit of a smart drive, you know, a bit of strategy and also a bit of luck. So, you know, the weaker horses there, if you do drive them right, can uh, feature. All right, good stuff. I really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, congratulations with the start of the year. It's been an absolute scorcher. Continued success. Who knows what the final number will bring at the end of the year, but I'm sure you're not going to be too far away from those really big numbers. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Chris. Nathan Dawson joining Chris Barsby. Thanks to Garrard's on Mobile Rolling. I think Darren Clayton's joining us. I was just wondering about those. Are you working on um, Lancelot Bromac and how many metres he's covered during his race career? Right. That was Dexter from Perfect Match. You wouldn't remember. <laughs> I remember Dexter, Do Greg you? Evans. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Slide the door back. I would have been it. very young, but... Uh, yeah, no, I can let you know, Steve, that under race conditions, mm. Lancelot Bromac, 897.1 kilometres. If you put that into perspective on a road, if you took him from the new complex at Norwell, he could get to the Penrith Paceway, 898 kilometres. That's the closest I could work out. <laughs> Jeez, 897 kilometres. He's, he's covered in races. In races, yeah. He hasn't had many trials. I think he's only had probably one or two trials over his career. He's pretty well stayed up to the marker on the racetrack. So is he approaching rarefied air with the fact that he's going to knock off uh, 500 race starts sooner rather than later? I think he'll do it by the end of this month. So has any other horse gone beyond 500 starts? Destreo, so I looked him up this morning. He's around 480 or something, but he's now retired. So... Has anything gone beyond 500 race starts? Not not in Australia anyway. I think there's a couple up in North America, but definitely Australia. There's probably some that, um, you know, if you, if you clocked up their, um, their show back in the day where they stepped out in the show and they'd run a couple of times a day and they've never been added, there could possibly be one, but officially, under the official records, no. Okay. Well, he's an old marvel, there's no doubt about it. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, recently, Steve, you asked the question about uh, the first female driver in Queensland. So I've done a little bit of homework, and given the fact that it's International Women's Day today, I thought it was timely to bring this up. So as far as the first driver competing in a harness race in Queensland, we're going back to 1928, Kedron Park, and I think the name is Eva Draper. So that was our first woman to compete against men in a harness race in Queensland. In the early 50s, uh, Ilma Walker was the prominent female driver. 
and then women were banned after a, uh, a really bad fall at the Brisbane show, the Eka. Really? The first three that. women, the first three women uh, documented to have uh, open licences granted to them in 1977 were Anita Zarnow, Linda Schoenow and Doreen May, and Lola Wiedemann was the first driver in Queensland to bring up a century of wins in a season. That was in 1995-1996. And I think Lola was the first female to driver to bring up a century with that uh, in Australia. So there's just mm. a few stats uh, on... Uh, it's good you chase that up, Chris. Yeah, well, there you mm. go. I, I do remember Doreen May. Uh, that name when I used to go to Rock Lee was in the in the book. Yep, yep. Mm, that's one so, name I do remember. But I certainly, you know, Alma Walker and some of those other names. It was it Eva Draper, Kedron. Yeah. Uh, 1928, yeah. that was. Yeah. And by the way, Lancelot Ray, I've come up with one as well. Yep. Gold Coast Darren to Dubbo. Yeah. It's your old stomping ground, isn't it? Oh, a little bit west, Bathurst is. Yeah, not far. 898 kilometres. There you go. Mm. What did you say? Gold... 897. So, 897. So Gold Coast to Dubbo. There's another so one. So Gold Coast was the first track that he ever won a race at, uh, Lancelot Promac. He was still racing when we were racing at the Gold Coast. That's coming up to 10 years in September that we last raced there. So, 2013. Yeah, so uh, he's been around a bit. He was trained by Shannon Price then. She had him for his first few starts, handful of starts with Shannon before Stuart Dixon bought him. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a fair way. He's a 500... Destreos is the second best. He had 486 starts. Um, they're well clear of any of the others. Next best on the list is Mr. Skyrocket. He was 410. Um, did most of his racing for the Wiedemanns. Uh, joined their stable after probably about 20 or so starts. So um, there's seven horses in the with 400 career starts. Uh, Weasel being one of those. He goes around tomorrow at Redcliffe. He's still running around at 16, but. Uh, his best days might be well and truly behind him. Just on great. Shannon Price, any news on Sure Thing Captain? Uh, he's gone for a break. As he? Okay. Yeah, so he'll have a, a, a freshen up, and I dare say he'll be back in time for the other uh, constellations around June, July, getting set for those features. The, the Derby's an obvious target for him. Now that it's, it's worth 150, so I think a lot of those horses. Now, speaking of horses, we mentioned yesterday, Leap the Fame will trial next week, so we're all looking forward to that. One horse that we're not going to see uh, over the next couple of months, uh, so this rules him out of the constellations, uh, is a sparring partner, you could say, of Leap the Fame, Teddy Disco. Uh, he went down for a shot at the Chariots of Fire. Uh, he's uh, just been ruled out, nothing major, but he just needs to have a bit of time off. I think he's just had a bit of a growth spurt, so he's got some growing pain, so they're just going to err on the side of caution, give him plenty of time off. They they feel that, you know, Leap the Fame's the horse to beat in the Rising Sun, obviously the Eureka as well. So they said, we'll, we'll give him time now. He's got to come back 110% because when you're racing Leap the Fame, you're racing the best. So you've got to be at your best. So unfortunately, we won't be seeing Teddy Disco over the coming months, which is a bit of a blow, Darren, because he probably loomed to be one of the uh, the, the, the big rivals for Leap the Fame, uh, along with Tim the Trooper in those upcoming features. Yeah, he certainly did, and it's probably a, a bit of a blow too with that Hayden race coming up as well. He would have been, yeah. um, you know, he'd be he'd be one Q-bred horse that you'd be really 
Um, he'd nearly say he's perhaps one of the, the top Qbreds, the three and four year olds. He would be nearly top of the tree, just off the top of my head. There wouldn't be many others, certainly in his four year old. Uh, danger zone on his way back as well, but yeah, that's a, that's a real blow. But um, probably taking the best interest of the horse long term in mind, and, and hopefully we can see him back bigger and better than ever. Yeah. Speaking of drivers, uh, chatting with Nathan Dawson moments ago, um, I'm expecting some news to come through. Firstly, from uh, HRA, Harness Racing Australia, uh, because the World Drivers' Championship is scheduled later this year. I think it's in August up in Berlin. And uh, I know a few countries are starting to announce their representative for that series. So I'm expecting this news to be forthcoming, maybe in the next couple of days, certainly within the next week. But uh, it's going to be very interesting. I think there's a couple of um, drivers out there uh, that we can sort of focus on. Um, you know, maybe Nathan being one of those, given how well he's been over the past couple of years. Pete Mullins, another one. Um, Cam Hart, who we spoke to last week, he's another one. And, you know, there's a few obvious choices that you can put into the mix as well, Greg Sugars. So that announcement, I think, is going to be forthcoming. And just around the corner is the trot rod. So Racing Queensland are going to have to start, uh, you know, uh, fine-tuning their list of drivers because uh, they'll probably go with the five drivers again. So it's going to be very interesting to see what sort of list. So, Darren, just on the trot rods, and uh, that, that takes place at Recliffe, five drivers putting you on the spot, who would you be looking at? I guess if they're looking to do it in the same format they did last year for the final where um, Cam Hart was a an interstate invitation. Um, so I guess your four local drivers, I'd be definitely having Nathan Dawson purely off, uh, off how strong he is at Redcliffe and how big his season has been. Uh, I'd have Pete McMullen. I would have had Narissa McMullen, but unfortunately she might not be uh, be back in time. Um, what's that? That's three. Uh, I would perhaps be looking. Who would, who would your interstate driver be? Last year it was Cam Hart. So, you know, putting you on the spot here, and you haven't had any time to think about this. But is there an interstate driver that you think would be a, an ideal fit for the trot rods? Um, I'd like to see. Um, maybe look a little bit further afield, like get someone from the west over i'd love to see someone like gary hall jr compete with his record and um we know how good he is at gloucester park and you've got you know redcliffe a smaller tighter track and and how good i'd, I'd love to see him whether that'd be something he'd like to do or whether they'd extend an invitation that far but he'd he'd be one for sure he's a super record over three thousand career wins we know how good he is and yeah that'd be that'd be one i perhaps from victoria if i'd be looking at one Perhaps um, Jack Law, up and comer, or James Herbertson, be one of the others. Even Greg Sugars, but uh, mm. yeah, I'd, I'd be quite happy to um, to to put a salvo out to Gary Hall Jr. Or even if you want to look at a young gun and sort of a bit of a um, bit of symmetry to it, someone like a Ryan Sanderson, up and comer. His dad's a Redcliffe Junior, and and sort of work down that angle. But otherwise, Gary Hall would be the man. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So that's another one where, you know, those announcements are going to be uh, forthcoming. So because that series is just around the corner, I think you need drivers that are going to be aggressive. So, um, you know, it's all about speed, the trot rods, a one-lap dash. So, 
You want those drivers that are prepared to put the foot down. So it's going to be interesting to see who they come up with their racing in Queensland. Speaking of our carnival, the Tab Constellations, not far away, uh, Tab have released markets this week on the two big ones, the Rising Sun and the Blacks of Fake. So just having a look at those, I think uh, they only went up yesterday. Leap to Fame is the favourite for the Rising Sun, two fifty. dollars at $5, Merlin $5, The Lost Storm 7 can't find a better man, 11 he's a son of a gun, 11 Major Delight, 11 My Ultimate Ronnie, 11 Amore Vita, 17 Tim's a Trooper at 17 and then we're going out to Better Be the Bears, the last uh, New South Wales Derby winner at 26 So it's an interesting list. It's uh, a fair way to go because we're talking early July here, but... Uh, Leap to Fame, two fifty, dollars a cooter at 5 and Merlin, who's only a three-year-old, $5. So anything take your fancy there, Darren? I know he's already possibly indicated that it wouldn't be on the agenda, but, geez, better be the best at $26 and $6 a place. Considering he's a three-year-old, he'd get that gun draw. That'd be one. Geez, he was good in the New South Wales Derby the other night. Very rarely you, you see a horse be able to, to see out the trip in front. He worked to the front after a little bit, but... Uh, he was flattening his feet, but geez, he found a way to get to the line. So that'd be that'd be sort of the one there if you're looking outside the obvious of leap to fame, who's going to have it in his own backyard. So the 250 there probably looks pretty good. Akuda, I guess we'll get a better gauge uh, over the next couple of weeks with with how he would measure up to that if they bring him across. And um, I did read somewhere that they suggested that Merlin will most likely be be coming across. So. Uh, of course, owned in Queensland interest, so um, $5. Again, that three-year-old draw that you get there. So interesting that uh, Amore Vita didn't really fire last year as a three-year-old filly, went under the care of Nathan Purden, now with Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. Um, $17 there for her. Uh, again, a mare, and we've seen what the mares have done in the two editions of this race. So um, perhaps one there that, uh, and she's been really good since she's joined their stable. So that could be one that's uh, a bit of a smoky. Yeah, you've got to keep those uh, those mares under guard given the results so far in the rising sun. And looking at the Blacks of Fake, this is an interesting market as it stands right now. A Cooter, copy that, Honolulu Bay, Leap to Fame, all at $6.50. So four horses share that top line of betting. Better zip it, Bondi Lockdown, Hot and Treacherous, Self-Assured, South Coast Arden, Spirit of St. Louis, all at $9. Then we've got $14 BD Joe, Better Eclipse, Expensive Ego, Rock and Roll Do, $17 for Blacks of Dance, the track record holder, MacDan, $17, $21 Major Meister, the reigning into Dominion champ, I cast no shadow, $31, Turn It Up, $31, Mac Da Vinci, $41, and then we're going out to longer odds there. So that's an interesting market. So they have... Leap to Fame, two fifty, a Cuda five dollars in the Rising Sun. Yet in the Blacks of Fake, they're six fifty each of two. Yeah, and I would suggest that you'd think Leap to Fame would be less likely to tackle the the Blacks of Fake than a Cuda. If they do bring a Cuda across, well, then it would, you know, possibly going on into that race. But um, whether Leap to Fame goes around it, you'd think the Rising Sun. Um, would probably be his last run, you would think, before the Eureka, without knowing uh, plans. It'd be a big ask to, to throw him in as a four-year-old into that open company when you've got such a big four-year-old race just down the down the road in a, in a month or... Well, it would be about six weeks after the Blacks of Fake. So, 
Yeah, Didn't that's an interesting. Thirty-one one. when the blacks are fake as a four-year-old, though. He did, but was that was it in August then, or was that the one that was delayed? No, I think that was the one that was in well, July. Okay, it was a pretty strong but, field that night because Tiger Tara was one of the major players there. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's every possibility. I guess the the flip side of that is copy that probably didn't have himself a guaranteed spot in a two million dollar race in six weeks time so um mm. whereas leap to fame has that so but you know it's probably a, it would be a good lead-up race if it didn't knock him around too much that's for you got six weeks to get over it so um yeah he might be there interesting hot and treacherous nine dollars now with jack butler we haven't seen him yet and the one you mentioned there too, I cast no shadow, reigning into Dominion champion. He missed out on the Blacks of Fake, didn't get a start in it last year, but did win the uh, the, the quasi consolation or dead heated in that race. So um, he's certainly one that I'd be keeping an eye on as well in that race. But a couple of those, perhaps maybe not definites for even coming to Queensland or even currently in the paddock. Who knows? But a bit of water to go under the bridge, but. Leap to Fame, really looking forward to him coming back. Yeah, just just with Leap to Fame and the fact that he's got the rising sum. What that, that race was worth three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Blacks are paid worth four hundred thousand dollars. Two weeks after the rising sun, I know the Eureka two point one million dollars coming up in the first week of September. But there's got to be a bit of temptation if he comes out of the rising sun victorious and in good shape. Surely they've got to have a look at the Blacks are paid. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Well, there's a two-week gap then. You'd, if yeah. that's the case, he'd come out. He'd probably then miss the sunshine sprint and and go to the Blacks of Fake. So, um, you know, he goes in as a random draw. It's in your own backyard. I guess that's the big advantage. You're not having to travel yeah. um, to chase it, and and that's probably the biggest selling point of of him tackling it as a foyer. The other thing is, I guess. Um, you know, open class performers, the last seven now with the Miracle Mile being won by Catch a Wave, the last seven grand circuit races have been won by seven different horses. So there's no standout and nothing really to, to shy away from. Mm. Uh, as you said, there's a few question marks against a few of these horses for that Blacks of Fake. Uh, Mark and Barry Purden are in Brisbane as we speak now. So we'll probably know if there is a, a strong chance of the Cooters coming over and Merlin, copy that. I think connections are pretty keen to head back. Honolulu Bay looks like he's going to have a freshen up and then be set for uh, Queensland. So Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin looking at bringing a fairly strong team like they did last year. Uh, I dare say Jason Grimson's going to have strong representation like he did last year. So he's got the likes of Better Zip It, Major Meister, uh, I Cast No Shadow. They're all eligible for that race. Uh, I know the Fitzpatricks are aiming towards the carnival with South Coast Arden. They, they're yet to start him, but uh, he's now joined their stables, coming over from Brent Mangos. Uh, Bondi lockdown definitely headed this way. Looks very unlikely. There was a little bit of talk and perhaps some negotiations trying to be uh, nutted out for that uh, slot race in New Zealand, but it looks like he's going to have a bit of a break, and uh, Aaron Dunn has told me that he's looking forward to catching up during the winter, so Bondi lockdown likely to head up, so going to be interesting spirit of st louis unknown because he's got to go to the west for that slot race over there so it'll be interesting to see what he does probably not but um looks like it's going to be a pretty tidy race yeah well there's, there's plenty of big names and and look i just sort of 
suggested before. I think it's so open. There's nothing really to be to be shying away from there. The open class performers at the moment, they're all, um, you know, they're all within a length or two of each other. It's all dependent on what draw you can get on the day and and the run you can get. So, um, yeah, it's certainly we only got to see how even that market is with four four at the top of the line at six dollars fifty. Um, it's leap to fame Nakuda who we haven't seen here yet so um, you know it's, it's exciting times and I guess mm -hmm. interesting times there's plenty of pieces that need to drop into the puzzle to before we get to that point like you say the the slot race in New Zealand and then the uh, the slot race in Perth so um, plenty to look forward to It'd be nice to see some of those Perth horses get over here I know it's so hard for them but um, yeah geez it'd be nice to see to see a few of those try their hand in the east. Yeah, well, we keep trying year after year. Hopefully, it'll be uh, sooner rather than later that we get uh, one of those big guns coming over. But as I mentioned recently, Greg Bond said not likely. It's not even on his radar with uh, any of his big-name horses. So, fair enough. Logistical nightmare getting a horse from Perth to Brisbane. So, we'll wait and see. Um, one horse that we're not going to see during our carnival, no surprise, catch a wave. So, he goes to the paddock now. He's going to have a fresh up. And, obviously, their big target race is going to be the Eureka. That stat that I read out yesterday with Steve, just out of the Miracle Mile, that's the recipe for success, isn't it? The Chariots of Fire. Seventh straight year, Darren, that the Chariots, uh, Chariots of Fire winner has either won or finished top three in the Miracle Mile. That, that's a compelling stat. Yeah, it sure is, and it probably, um, you know, it, it's hard to say exactly the, the reasoning behind that, but I, I think it, the week off for the four-year-old, the Chariots yeah. being two weeks before the Miracle Mile, it's got to play a huge part running those fast times week in, week out, um, and having to do it one week to the next is, is certainly, you would think, play some sort of part. But um, it's pretty compelling from, uh, and probably, you know, brought about by the big change of the Chariots of Fire and the Miracle Mile coming into the same carnival. Um, years gone by when it was at Harold Park, it was always uh, in a different time of year. So, um, you know, that, that setup now really works out well for them, especially with the change of season now. As a three-year-old, they're going, um, you know, they're missing that hard racing sort of in the middle of the year. And um, when they were traditionally turning early four, they're still racing in three-year-old company. What about this stat that I was looking at just before? It's eerily similar and these guys are on a collision course, uh, fingers crossed, all going well. Catch away, 22 career starts, 17 victories. He's got a PB time of 148.8. Leap to fame, 23 starts, 17 wins. He's got a PB of 149 flat. He did that as a three-year-old, and uh, Catch away took his PB last week, winning the Miracle Mile. They're eerily similar, those records, aren't they? They certainly are, and um, I guess... Catch a Wave has got the bonus of winning that, that big prize money in the Miracle Mile, so that took him over a million dollars, whereas Leap to Fame currently sitting on about 500 and, and change. So, um, yeah, it's certainly good. And I was sort of doing a bit of digging around of uh, outside of Lombo Pocket Watch, the horse first or, you know, least amount of starts to get to a million dollars. So Catch a Wave has done it in those 22 starts. Uh, the only one I could find that beat him to that was Auckland Reactor, who did it uh, pretty close in 21 starts and also got there as a four-year-old. Okay. So what other horses sort of came up in that sort of research then? Lazarus? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, Lazarus was there. Um, catch a wave. Uh, catch a wave. Um, courage under fire. Probably under current prize money would have would have well and truly got there, but he raced, you know, sort of late 90s, early 2000s, where the, the prize money sort of cer certainly wasn't quite at the same level. So, um, but he probably would have been the one that did it six derbies for, for sure and certain would have pushed him over the line. But, yeah, a few others. It, it's interesting, quite a few of them, um, you know, not getting there till sort of 30-odd starts. And catch a wave, if you look at um, of where he was to win that Chariots of Fire. He did it after 21 starts, and um, the, the record being Chris and me, who did it in only his uh, at his 13th start. So, um, on the average of that out of the Chariots, they're they're needing to have around about sort of 18, 19 starts. Um, history says so. Uh, history on that side perhaps was against Captain Ravishing. Mm. Uh, Catch a wave has uh, surpassed. Andy's other top liner in, in Caribbean Blaster with that victory in the Miracle Mile. He sits 73rd all-time right now, catch a wave, as far as earnings are concerned for um, down under standard bread. So he's on the list. He's just a fair way down, but I'm tipping he might uh, he might even get a, a long way up that list if he can win the Eureka. Yeah, well, um, the, the, that'd push him into the two million range, and there's... Uh, it whittles down a fair bit once you get past about yeah. 1.8 million. As uh, it gets, you get into the into the top top liners. Then, so um, he'll be certainly getting his way there. That's for sure. And you'd expect uh, Leak to Fame's one of the others that um, he's got to get to a million first. But you'd expect him to get to there if, if he comes back anywhere near like he went out. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh, just on on Rich's horses? You know, one and two, right? Yep. Who do you reckon sits number three, just for a bit of a pub quiz trivia? Oh, so it's Blacks are fake. Uh, I'm the Mighty Queen. Uh, ironically, the just to digress, I'm the Mighty Queen would have got past Blacks are fake if he had have won that Blacks are fake race in his last appearance. But uh, alas, he didn't get there. I'll have a guess. It mm. would smoke up. Oh, sorry, Steve. You're right. What's the horse that won the three previous Miracle Miles? Being a swing, no, he's fifth. He's fifth, thank you. Uh, smoking up? Four. Four, third. Uh, monkey King? Uh, he's sixth. Uh, oh, no, you got me for third then. Um, it, Lenny the Shark? No, he's seventh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you got me. Captain oh, Rubbish. Captain Rubbish. <laughs> No, hey, Steve, Christmas. just for you, just for you... Don't mention it. Last time we're going to mention him, because we don't need to, but his sister won yesterday at Menangle. OK. Ravishing Sloy. She was able to win a two-year-old race there yesterday, stopping the clock at 55-6. So there you go. Excellent. There's an update for you. Jewel Melody was able to win there yesterday, 51-2. We're likely to see her in Queensland uh, later this year as well. Righto, let's find a winner for tonight, Darren. This is your job now. Ten races, we start at 5.23. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, I don't think there's there's too much value to be had there, but I thought in race two, Teacher's Pet for Nathan Dawson certainly gets every opportunity there. He's got a great record on this mare, and, and she comes up with the ace. Like I say, I think the price is nothing flash, but just for getting a winner and getting back into winning territory, race two, horse one, Teacher's Pet. 
$1.70 with Tab right now. Is there anything else on the program that stands out for you? Yeah, I thought there's a two others that I like the like the look of in race six, number two, three, one, four. I thought she certainly gets her opportunity. She's had two runs back from a spell now. She wasn't far away behind Philly 13 first up when trying to lead. And then last time went to Redcliffe, just faded out. I think she gets an easier trip in the middle stages this time around. So I'm keen on her race six, horse two, three, one, four. And uh, in the race prior to that, I thought five-star gem looked a value play there just with where the prices have come up at the moment. He gets back to the front line. He's had a second line gate. He's passed four in a row. Got third last time behind San Maria. She's a, a filly or a mare in good form. Um, two starts back, he was, he was closing out nicely behind George Zilla. Um, and I thought back to the front line in this race certainly gives him an opportunity. So race five, horse three, five-star gem. Okay, so Teacher's Pet, race two, number one, $1.70. Race six, number two, three, one, four, two, thirty. And race five, number three, five-star gem, seven, fifty. Any quaddy thoughts tonight, the main quaddy, five, six, seven, and eight? Yeah, so that first leg, five-star gem, obviously, throw in Artful Jack. Um, he certainly, he was favourite last time out, probably likely to run favourite again tonight, just looking at the early flux. Um, just didn't get the smoothest passage last time, but second line does make it a big ask. And throw in number one, My Girl Mandy. She was a winner for us last week from gate one. Um, she gets gate one again, so we'll go uh, one, three, and nine. Second leg race number six, um, 314, as I mentioned. Um, quite happy to take her one out. I think she gets every opportunity. Race seven's a tricky one. I've got number one, Moretta, on top with not a great deal of confidence. Um, does She's first up as a three-year-old, but her last time out, she clashed behind bold medley Jujon. We've seen him go down to the New South Wales Derby. Not quite measure up there, but uh, Moretta, she's had a handy trial. She dazzles, throw her in number five. Um, tough gate there, so we'll go one and five. And the final leg, another tricky one. I've, I thought this was a race in three. I thought if number four, perfect, the feeling could spear out. He's a quick beginner. He might let, certainly take some stopping, forget his last run at Armadale. Um, number two, feeling the power, he finally gets a gate, but just whether he has the early hustle to, to hold um, perfect feeling or Mr Woodport out is the concern. And throw in Mr Woodport number three, he can certainly um, do work if need be, but be close enough there to have a shot at them. So two, three, four, the final leg. Okay, quality numbers tonight. One, three, nine into two only, then one and five into two, three, four. $18 for 100% of the dividend. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, have some luck there. And, yeah, a little bit of a tricky card, some of those races tonight. But uh, I think if we can get the right leaders, I think we might go close.